0: I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode?
1: What? Welcome to 1,000 Wives of Weird, the podcast for everything weird, mostly movies. Uh, I'm Billy Martell, and with me as always is my co-host... Brad Hefner. And today we're talking about a absolutely fantastic movie called Bubba Hotep. This is a film by Don Casarelli, who most people know as the creator of the Phantasm franchise, mm-hmm. and not much else. He did, I believe he directed it, a wonderful movie called John Dies at the End. He did, yes, he did. That is A+. Plus. Is it? Okay. Well, he, he yeah, he did uh, Phantasm, John Dies at the End, Bubba Hotep. And I think maybe one other thing that no one's heard of. And his production company released tracks. Oh, did it? Yeah. That's awesome! All, it, all, all the weirdness is tying together. Uh, if you watch the interviews on the recent Blu-ray release through Scream Factory, Don really says that this film was made to be review-proof. Uh, even if a critic decided that they didn't like the movie... As long as they talked about it, the right people would see it. Because even if they gave the film a negative review, they would still have to say the plot, which is Elvis and Black JFK team up to fight an ancient Egyptian mummy. Yes. Who is also a cowboy. Who is also a cowboy. Thus the name Bubba Hotep. And the minute that that sentence was said, doesn't matter what the rest of the review said, The right people would come and see the movie, and as he said, critics would automatically gravitate towards this movie because they've seen everything else. They don't know what to write about everything else, but they'll know what to say about this one way or another. I guess we're just continuing that prophecy that he made because we're continuing to talk about this specifically because of what a weird log line that is for a film and how seriously this movie takes it. Yeah, it takes it pretty seriously. Yeah. Uh there, I mean it's it's definitely plays it, It's a comedy. In, it's tongue in cheek. It's it's a comedy with the film, but it's it's also it's also a drama. Like there's there's some very serious shit going on in the movie. The ending is very dark. Yeah. Uh well not dark, but like uh somber. But uh yeah, getting right into it, I absolutely recommend Bubba Hotep. I'm I originally watched this back in college because I'd seen the Evil Dead movies and I was looking for anything else with Bruce Campbell killing monsters. Bruce Campbell plays Elvis in this movie. And uh, I just absolutely enjoyed this movie, re-watching it. I fell in love with it all over again. I absolutely love... I love it when... Weird concepts are played this straight. Yes. It's it's absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. It's a fa- just a fantastic movie. What do you think? I recommend it, mm-hmm. but
0: I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Really? Now, I'd seen this before. I watched this back in high school, mm-hmm. so about mm, nearly 15 years ago. Okay. Like I said, I like it. Yeah. I love the concept, the acting is fantastic. Bruce Campbell, Ozzie Davis, great. Fantastic. And there are moments where it is played very straight and real because these are geriatrics.
1: Yes. They're um, in an old
0: folks' home in the film. Yes, And there are mo- I love movies where old folks get to kick ass, like yes. the limey or, uh, I don't know. But it, it's one of my favorite tropes. Right. My favorite character from Game of Thrones is Barristan Selmy. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, I like aspects of this, but it's just, there is no subtlety to this movie. There is absolutely zero subtlety. Okay. And from the start, I was sort of like, there's a very overbearing narration that is clearly pulled from the short story, and it sounds very written. This is based on a novella, by the way, or a short story. And that got to me very
1: quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. There's cruelty... I believe there's misdirected cruelty in the movie. Uh, frustration is expressed mm-hmm. towards some people who might not deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it just... It didn't work with me the, as much as I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And I tried to go like... That's not the sort of like movie this is. Yeah. It's okay for a movie to not be subtle. Yeah. Because there are parts where it's fun, where it's
1: funny. Mm-hmm. It just fell short for me this time. All and right. I was
0: surprised.
1: Yeah. I think that there's more subtlety than the, to this movie than you're giving it credit for. Alright. Prosecutor. <laughs> I guess you
0: gotta convince me in movie court. <laughs> 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 movie Billy court. Billy thinks Bubba Hotep's great. Brad <laughs> thinks Bubba Hotep is pretty good. Who lives and who dies on <clears throat> movie court? Wait. Wait. <laughs>
1: There's a death sentence involved in movie yep.
0: court. That's not. That's not what I remember from Judge Judy. The loser is summarily executed <laughs> by the victor if they would like to.
1: Coming soon to Nerdist. If you win, I am okay if you pull the trigger. I I'm not okay with you pulling the trigger if you win.
0: I I. This is the last episode. Well, the last episode with the current lineup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I should probably give you the passwords to the accounts in case I don't survive.
1: <laughs> who, who do you want to replace yourself if if you lose? I can pick anybody. Just anybody, yeah.
0: For some reason, all I can think of is the host of the British radio program, Melvin Bragg. <laughs> or not, the the, the the host of the program In Our Time. A man named Melvin Bragg. Oh, okay. (laughs) The program is not called Melvin Bragg. I was was confused
1: by that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. He's the only person in my head right now, and I can't stop thinking about him. Melvin Bragg? Yeah. For some reason, the only person in my head is Larry David, so that's who I want you to replace me with. Okay. If uh, so... Uh, and if we both lose, you're going to be listening to a podcast no, with Melvin Bragg and Larry David next <laughs> next week. <laughs> um. Talking about whatever the fuck they want to talk about. I should about. start
0: making some phone calls. <laughs> uh...
1: This film, like like uh, like Brad said, was based on a novella by an author named Joe Lansdale, who yeah. I've not really heard of much. He's uh, mostly known for his weird westerns.
0: And uh, the only thing I've ever read by him, I want to read more because he seems very interesting. And Mm -hmm. I love westerns. I love weird things. Sure, yeah. I should
1: get into weird westerns. Yeah. Uh, You're already kind of into weird westerns. Sort of. And. What's that book that you're always talking about that's supposed to be super graphic and violent? Blood Meridian. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Would that be qualified as a weird western? Mm, Not really. Okay. It's too.
0: By the numbers, plot-wise? No. It's just a different style. Okay. It's a different type of book. All right. Weird Westerns, like there's occult stuff. Um, oh, okay. Okay. The I read, he released a trilogy of, I don't know if they're novellas or just short novels, called The Drive-In. And mm-hmm. I only read the first one. There's some awesome illustrations in the book. Or Great. Like in a glossy section. But it's this drive-in one night is transported to another dimension mm-hmm. and they're sort of stuck in this little area and
1: gangs form and... It was a fun read. Yeah. Uh, well, this was originally... the story was originally published as an anthology for uh, multiple different authors. It's called The King is Dead, Tales of Elvis Postmortem. Which I guess was just going off of the many, many accounts of people having seen Elvis after his death. Yeah, it used to be a thing. It used to be a, a big thing. Apparently it was not very well received, the original short story. Mm. People thought it spent way too much time talking about Elvis' dick. Yeah. It, it does spend a lot of, a lot of time talking about Elvis' dick. Yeah. Uh, and But uh, Don Casarelli found it at one point uh, just on happenstance while going through his local bookstore to find weird shit. You know, we can relate. Yeah, and uh, and he found this story and was like, "This would make a great movie." And thus, here we are. History was made. History was the course made. of time was changed. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell was asked on the DVD, "Why did he decide to to do Bubba Hotep? And he said, "Why wouldn't I?" Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a perfectly reasonable response, right? Yeah, and he also said what when asked uh, why Ozzy Davis did it. Ozzie Davis was not asked this, Bruce Campbell was asked this, and Bruce Campbell said Ozzie Davis told me his grandchildren are big fans of mine. Uh, so they told him to do it. Bruce Campbell has kind of a, a, a character shtick that he plays in public where he's very full of himself like Ash Williams' his most famous character. So he may have been bullshitting. Uh, it's hard to tell sometimes with him. It is hard to tell. That's
0: a problem with a lot of people. Yeah, uh, a lot of the people that we like, yeah, is uh, we're it's hard to tell when they're we're big fans of bullshitters. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hell, we we bullshit quite a lot on this. Yeah, show. no, this is, <laughs> that's
0: exactly how I would be in interviews. Like I'd just be like, <laughs> i get tired of them. I'd be like Robert Pattinson, just making shit up, just making shit up. What does Robert Pattinson make shit up about? Uh oh, I forget what it was, but he tells bizarre stories
1: on talk shows that don't sound real. <laughs> so, uh full disclosure while we're while we're making this episode, I'm in the middle of moving from one apartment to the next. So I put down all of my notes yesterday. In the, in the process of moving, my phone had died. I put them all down by hand, okay, on paper. and I am uh, now realizing that I left all of my notes for this movie in the other place. Oh, no. So I'm going to be going off of memory a little bit more than usual. Okay. Today. This is going to be a very ramshackle episode. We'll try. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it one way or another. So, the plot of this episode, I've been, I've been as as vague as possible about the plot of this movie so far because... I mean, we told them up top. We told them up top like what the log line is, and that it takes place in an old folks home. But um, I've been trying to stay a little bit more vague about the specifics, because if you... If, if if you're someone who listens only to the first part of this and then goes and checks out the movie yourself, and if that logline was enough that you want to check this movie out, I do recommend going into it blind because it's not what you might expect from the logline. Yeah. Um, the movie opens with a definition of what Bubba Hotep means. Me Hotep means that uh, you Hotep is is a name for uh, a family name for pharaohs in Egypt from the, I think they said the 14th dynasty. I don't recall. Uh, and Bubba is a, obviously just a name of someone from the American South. They they, they mentioned that you could be a, a hick, trailer trash, Bubba is a name for that. So Bubba, Hotep, he's a mummy, but he's also trailer trash, I guess. Yes. Apparently this definition was put in the beginning of the movie because every single time Don Cassarelli tried to sell this movie to a studio, they would say, Bubba Hotep, what does that mean? So he decided to put it at the beginning of the movie. I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. I didn't understand it back in college. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, after it's after they expl- after they he explains it, mm-hmm. it definitely seems very obvious. But, yeah, uh, so the movie then opens... We then, we then cut to... It, the story hasn't even begun yet. We then cut to some old... German newsreel footage of this sarcophagus being discovered under this under this pyramid. I forget the exact name of the the king. I don't remember. But we learn later on he was a very unimportant king in Egyptian history. Uh, at one point JFK says he was he was like King Tut's brother or something. He says that's the thing about history is you sort of just
0: get bones. Yeah, like you or archaeologists, you just get bones. Like, yeah, think how many dumbasses' bones we just have in museums. And like, oh yeah, if the other primitive people were like, "Why is he here? He was an <laughs> idiot.
1: All he did was eat rocks." Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, we killed him because he was too dumb. He was an asshole. <laughs> we we wanted gone, him gone. We 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 blotted out his family line, and now he's in a museum. I fuck? wish there was a way that we could make sure we get the
0: right bones. <laughs> the bones in successful like cavemen and yeah. ice age warriors. Like sure, I want the bones that belonged in the skin that killed the most
1: mastodons. <laughs> well, that's that's like part of the the fun of damn it, uh, Pompeii. Yeah. the city of Pompeii is that literally everything was frozen and in, in place? Yeah. So we have everyone, the important people, and the village idiots, and and like the the weird graffiti on on walls and shit like that. We have everything. History needs to get more volcanoes. Yeah, keep exactly. that stuff preserved. Just keep that stuff. If if everyone would die by volcano, we would know everything.
0: If a volcano went off uh-huh. every fifteen minutes, history would be
1: perfect. <laughs> We'd know everything. I mean, the present would get pretty fucked, but history would be great. Oh, it's... We'll look back and learn from
0: our mistakes. With our perfect history.
1: Oh, my God. It's like a weird Twilight Zone episode. It's like a a really shit Twilight Zone episode. (laughs) What if Rod
0: Serling sustained a head injury at some point? (laughs) And just, like, volcanoes started appearing in every episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> just every script he sent to the network it was just like, Rod, what the
1: fuck's with all these volcanoes? <laughs> Rod Serling suddenly becomes as repetitive as Stephen King when it goes, <laughs> just like, St- Stephen King's taking over The Twilight Zone and suddenly all the episodes are about evil cars. <laughs> uh,
0: this episode, they would all turn out to be toys and then a volcano <laughs> erupts. <laughs> It's not even a toy volcano, <laughs> it's a real volcano. It's a cookbook! It's a cookbook
1: volcano! Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Ron Sterling has like a metal pipe junk, jutting out of his head. It all makes sense. <laughs> this movie opens up with a really nice shot of a hallway of the rest home. Yes. And it has this sort of twangy southern guitar mm-hmm. that fades into this ominous, eerie droning. And then it goes back to
1: that Twang guitar when we first see Elvis. It's kind of like a combination of uh, a Western soundtrack with a bit of Silent Hill in there as well. Yeah. I don't think that was intentional. Just the score reminded me a lot of Silent Hill because it's another horror thing with very instrumental guitar, a lot of instrumental guitar music. So yeah, Elvis Elvis Presley is alive but not well. No, uh, in this nursing home. He, he has a lot of narration over the course of the movie. Bruce Campbell gives what might be his best performance. He doesn't get a lot of chance to really act no. in movies. He's usually playing some version of himself. And in this, he really, he really sold to me as old Elvis. Like He, he, he has the impression in there, yeah. but he doesn't treat it as broad as you would expect Bruce no. Campbell
0: Elvis to be. It's fine. Like, it, it's good. I enjoyed his mm-hmm. performance and he does get a chance to stretch his legs a little bit. Yeah. But he's still Bruce Campbell. Oh, yeah. All the way. And I just... This narration, like I said, got old for me very fast. It doesn't... It sounds clunky. hmm It sounds... I'm sure it works a lot better on the page. Okay. But I don't think Bruce Campbell pulls off the narration.
1: I disagree. I, I think that the the narration from him was was really was really solid i uh, again one uh, is it, is it, is it the narration that was the non-subtlety problem for you or that's part of it and it's also cuz he's talking about
0: it's most of the narration is like hey hey i'm old
1: it's most emphatically not
0: it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's him complaining yeah a lot. He's like... But he doesn't say, hey, uh, oh, oh. "I'm old." Well, he he said, pretty much does. That's, that's, that's not at all. That's oh my god. That's the distillation. I will pull out the Blu-ray right now, <laughs> and I want you to point to where he goes, "Oh,", oh,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> on this narration.
0: I didn't mind giving up my money. I'm old. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. No, he's. I don't like when people talk down to me.
1: Those are the three bit points he hits. <laughs> he says. Oh, uh, I got a growth on my pecker, and he says, "Would if Priscilla knew I was alive, would you want to come and see me?" Yeah. People talk down to me and don't see me as a human being anymore. He's doing Elvis's voice because that's what Elvis sounded yeah, like. Yeah, no. But I mean, just, like it, it still I think it carries through. I think the drama's there. It. I'll point out other
0: unsubtle moments. Okay. That because it's it's so on the nose at times and so obvious, and the narration mm-hmm. just piles on top of that. Sure. Like I wish this was more and again, this is not this is why I say the movie's not subtle.
1: Okay. Because
0: this is a movie about Elvis Presley yeah. and black John F. Kennedy fighting mm-hmm. a fucking mummy cowboy. Right. It doesn't this doesn't need to be a movie that's about tone. <laughs> like the tone of it like it, it doesn't need to be that. Mm-hmm. This doesn't need to be an A twenty four film. No. I just think that this could be... That the effective moments could be more effective
1: if there was less... Okay. And so, so in your opinion, they should have cut out the narration and just had it be his performance delivering yeah. the...
0: Okay. Like, let us get the idea that this really... Growing old sucks. Being neglected sucks. Mm-hmm. Being treated like this sucks. But...
1: I see what you're saying. Okay. okay. So I I completely yeah, but I I completely see where you're coming from with that. But yeah, so but the movie does have narration. Mm-hmm. I think it works, but in general, I most of the time agree with you that voiceover narration in movies is terrible. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a crutch for writers. So he's he's in his room, he has a he has a roommate with him who uh is just yelling and moaning and and coughing. and coughing and just not doing well and he dies and is carried away by two comic relief morticians who were uh, repeatedly appear in the movie to carry yes. away any old people who die in the old folks I home. shipped
0: those two I don't blame I you. hope they I I hope they get have corpse smooches
1: <laughs> the 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 gag with them is that one of them keeps trying to just have simple human reactions, <laughs> yeah. and the other person keeps telling him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a dom sub relationship. <laughs> he keeps saying, "It's like kind of makes you think, don't it? Like, what were this man's hopes and dreams?" And the other guy's like, will you shut up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, that's that's the whole relationship. Uh, so I have a challenge
0: for you. Oh, okay, great. I'm going to give you a monster. Oh, and great. you're going to give me a pulp, a pop culture figure to fight it. Oh man, this
1: is, reminds me of three Deva Down Three Deva Who. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's only one. Only one. Only one. Oh. Okay. No, Julia. <laughs> no Julia. No Julia. Oh no. Alright. First up, the Minotaur. The Minotaur. Uh I'm gonna stick within the realms of rock and roll heroes for at least this one. Okay. And I'm gonna say Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry, why Chuck Berry? I don't know. I just i he he seems pretty fast on his feet. Uh, okay. I think he could probably make his way through the the maze pretty quick. Get around the minotaur. You're right that it's Chuck Berry. Oh, I am. But okay. for the wrong reasons. Oh, really? Okay. So instead of a possible ten
0: points, you only get five. I'll take it. But Chuck Berry would distract the minotaur with <laughs> all the footage he has of women peeing. What? <laughs> Were you not aware of this? I, I, no. Chuck Chuck Berry Berry had a restaurant and he had cameras in the women's bathroom. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit. That's really disturbing. Also, apparently he liked, uh, when prostitutes farted in his mouth. I mean, to each their own? Or maybe he was farting in their mouth. There were mouths getting farted in. (laughs) In Chuck Berry's. And Chuck Berry was a part of it.
1: And this is why, uh... (laughs) And this is why Marty McFly stole his music. Yeah, no. That's why I love Back to the Future,
0: because it proves definitively that white people invented rock.
1: Robert Zemeckis, think through your choices when you make movies, please. It's a very important cultural
0: touchstone.
1: (laughs) It's also why I like Forrest Gump, because it proves that the Black Panthers suck. Yeah. And were always terrible. Were the Black Panthers a part of Forrest Gump? Yeah. There's a Uh, whole scene where Forrest Gump... Uh, is meets up with some Black Panthers and they're being really rude and belligerent and militant and he's not listening to them because he's Forrest Gump and he doesn't hear the violence and disturbing things of this world. So, yeah, all of... It, and uh, he teaches Elvis to dance at the beginning of Forrest Gump yeah. as opposed to all of everything Elvis was being stolen from black people. True. So Robert Zemeckis has just been taking everything from black people in his movies forever. Yeah. Because, you know... Fuck them, I guess. They have too much.
0: But didn't he really give it back to them with Polar Express? <laughs> Wasn't that a gift to everybody?
1: <laughs> uh, I I have two words for that. Okay. Aerosmith elves. What? Have you not seen Polar Express? No, I just assumed oh, okay. it was a treasure. At the end of the movie... Aerosmith shows up as elves singing at the North Pole. So, no, that that was an arsenic sandwich. Are you saying
0: black people can't like Aerosmith?
1: No, I'm saying that movie is
0: horrifying and bad. Well, it's all he's
1: given them. (laughs) Well, it's it's not enough, I guess, is what I have to say to that. Sorry if anybody's a huge... The guy passes away. He's taken away by the two um, uh, morticians. And uh, then a, a young lady comes in. Well, we've skipped over... What did we skip over? The introduction of the threat. Oh,
0: into the Oh, that's nursing home. right.
1: So that night, there's an old woman who is going around the, uh, the old folks' home stealing from people.
0: She encounters a woman in an iron lung yes. And iron lungs will never not be funny to me
1: <laughs> Pretty funny And she steals the woman's glasses If you like iron lungs, watch Dracula Pages from a Virgin's Diary They have a comically large iron lung Oh my really... god, iron lungs are comically large To begin with <laughs> This one's even larger specific. They have to have two maids running a crank the, in- oh, oh, wow. the whole time to keep it running It's pretty funny That's awesome It is but yes, so she steals the glasses right off this poor woman in an iron lung. And here is where,
0: again, the movie is not subtle. True. This movie is immediately going. This woman is bad, and she needs <laughs> to be punished.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the she old. Is... It's the old slasher movie game. Exactly. The yeah. movie needs to justify her death rather than just Have her be an old woman who dies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree with that. It would have been. More effective if she was just some old woman. Yeah. But yeah, she she steals the glasses right off this woman in an iron lung who goes, Hi! But very weakly as she walks away. The woman in the iron lung is very happy to see the other woman at first. At first, yeah. And then then she can't see anything. Then the old woman, the the old kleptomaniac, takes a box of chocolates from somebody's uh, care basket. And she goes back to her room, she's eating these chocolates... And I guess attracted to the chocolates comes a scarab beetle, mm-hmm. which we now know follow mummies around, based on Steven Somers' uh, Brendan Fraser film. I've never seen any of them. Really? Well, I recommend the first one, and then the rest of them, no. But the first one is fun. And uh, unlike in that movie, the scarab beetle there's only one scarab beetle in the scene, and it's practical, a practical effect oh, rather is than it? CGI. Yeah. So I can it's see a, that. Yeah. yeah, it's a practical little beetle. And uh, it, it, uh, it attacks her, seemingly to get at the chocolate. She fights back at what she assumes is a cockroach. And then suddenly... Or she calls it a cockroach. A cockroach. I assume because she's a big Scarface fan. Yeah,
0: cockroach. And then suddenly... She does have a poster on her wall, the classic Al Pacino.
1: <laughs> Scarface poster. And she a lot does. of memorabilia. She has the gun. <laughs> she does. And there's like a, a big like the a chainsaw. No- there's like a novelty pack of sugar signed by Al Pacino in the corner. <laughs> it's 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 really it's it's a great little <coughs> subtle bit of character work. What was that we were saying about bullshitting? <laughs> anyway, uh, and then suddenly, oh shit! There's a zombie in a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. I should say. There's some very cool editing tricks in this film where uh, when we first see Elvis in his bed and in this upcoming scene and a couple of other scenes, we see flashes of people walking around him, Mm -hmm. uh, people coming in and out of the room over time to show that essentially he's been this sedentary object for ages now and things keep moving around him. And uh, it's unclear whether he's remembering these things happening or if this is like a fast-forwarded time-lapse video, almost. This this happens a, a couple times uh, over the course of the film. But he wakes up in the middle of the night, puts on his glasses, and he sees this old woman being dragged through the hallway. She grabs onto his doorway and says, help me, and then gets dragged away. Yeah. And he goes back to sleep. What the fuck else is going to yeah, do? Yeah, what else is he going to do? Also, that woman needs to be punished for her sins. Exactly. Yeah, he knows what she did. Exactly. Yeah, he's Elvis. Elvis always knows. He's got eyes everywhere. Including on his shoulder blades. <laughs> Creepy. Rare fact
0: about Elvis. Eyes on, on his shoulder it. blades. Eyes on his shoulder blades. Wow. Like on, his, like on the bone under the skin.
1: Under the skin.
0: Yeah, they just peer into darkness forever. <laughs>
1: Just just pressed immediately against flesh. This is why he got on so many drugs. Yeah. To, to, to deal with the trauma. Yeah. He was going
0: to go down to Mexico mm-hmm. to have illegal surgery to get them removed.
1: Before he died on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, eyes actually killed him. They killed him so he they so that he couldn't get rid of them. Yes. It was a spike killing. I see. Technically a murder-suicide. A murder-suicide. Yeah, it was like if... if if we're going you're coming with us fat boy. And exactly. Just went. By the way, my my favorite and worst description of the way that Elvis died I've ever heard comes from the Epic Rap Battles of History episode Elvis versus Michael Jackson. Okay. Where Michael Jackson says, "You died on a toilet dropping hunks of burning love." So, there's that. But anyway, the next day a young woman is in the room collecting stuff from Elvis' roommate turns out she's his daughter his mm. name was Paul I believe he had a purple heart he had a whole bunch of pictures of his old family and Elvis asks for a memento of, something, of some kind to remind himself of this guy either one of the pictures, a box of chocolates that the guy had or the purple heart and the girl just gives them all to him yeah In the process of doing that, she had thrown everything in the trash can already, she leans down to pick it up, revealing her underwear to Elvis, and Elvis says in the narration that this was not an intentional revelation on her part, or an unintentional revelation. She simply did not consider him human enough to be a threat. To her, it was as if she had let her cat see her underwear.
0: Which, I appreciate what the film is doing there. Like, that's, yeah. that's a very interesting idea. Yeah. that's gives Bruce Campbell a level to play with. Yeah. But I think that would be more effective without this woman's, again, very unsubtle, very obvious, very on-the-nose cruelty and apathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is bad because she is young. She is bad right. because she is antagonistic to the
1: main care main themes of the movie yeah she, she says that she the last time she saw Paul was when she dropped him off yes never visited him and then he died she is she's picking up his stuff
0: the capital BD bad daughter mm-hmm it's again it doesn't feel like my note in and about the nurse who later shows up yeah. is these are not two characters. They are exposition robots that manufacture cruelty. It's too bad you still don't have that brothel. They would. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the $6,000 would
1: come rolling in. But, yeah, and, uh, yeah, she's she is... Um, what I didn't appreciate as much was the, the wardrobe department's choices with her. I could conceive of a person like that existing. I know there are people who abandon their... Their parents in yeah. places even though the, the the so-called excuses that she's given are not real excuses they' they're things that writers imagine people say yes but um, uh, my main problem with her was that she wore such a tight shirt and such a incredibly short mini skirt because it it felt like it's clearly there to facilitate the panty scene. And it didn't feel like something that someone of her age would realistically wear to go and pick up her dad's things. I don't know about that, but... You don't know about that? Here's... It seemed like a party outfit. The implication is that she's a skank. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: what they were going for, and that's another thing to make us as a viewer go, bad daughter, didn't come see her dad because she was out, just getting fucked all the time. (laughs)
1: That's okay. what they're going for. In that case, then that is an that is a, a bit where I completely agree with you about the lack of subtlety and the problem, is, is yeah because they're they're trying to paint her as a skank as a as a as a bad lady as a bad lady, and uh, I don't I don't truck with that.
0: Yeah, again, like this this movie is not trying to be subtle, mm-hmm. and to ask subtlety from it is not fair. Sure. So I don't like I waffle between like. Is this okay because it's accomplishing what the movie is setting out to do, which is mm-hmm. economically get its themes across, set up villains, set up
1: barriers? Yeah. Or is it just on the nose and obvious? And In this place, I would say it's on the nose and obvious. Okay. If I were doing this movie and I, I could only change one thing, I would put this woman... In something more reasonable. So your specific your specific problem is with the clothes. That's what put it over the edge for me. Okay. I would also rewrite her dialogue to be something a little bit more realistic because I think it's much sadder if if we don't paint this woman as an out and out villain and we instead say she has a life and things get away from her. Yeah. Like. Pe- old people get abandoned but that does not mean that the people who abandon them are inherently evil all the time it just means that people make mistakes or do wrong things to the people that they love my problem is not and I think that's far sadder and more tragic to acknowledge that reality than it is to uh, paint a cartoon
0: I'm fine with her being a shitty daughter
1: mm-hmm. and like,
0: w- I just wish it was handled differently like again with the narration and with her like it's all just so and this is weird to say because it's a written script like it's not like yeah they can defy their destiny (laughs) but it's so many like I keep just saying obvious it's manufactured and obvious like yeah the throwing away the pictures and the metal like as soon as we see the metal we know that she's not going to give a shit and she's Mm going to toss it out and it's just and the same with the nurse where just the constant infantilization
1: and all we should say a nurse comes in immediately after this exchange and starts talking to Elvis up until this point in the film we've just had to accept this is Elvis that's what the movie has said Uh, that's what Bruce Campbell said and he's the only narrator we've had this nurse comes in and starts calling him Mr. Huff Sebastian Huff Sebastian Half Half, sorry Well, we'll we'll talk about it
0: once we get into The Nurse, but my basic point is... Again, this is a movie where Elvis Presley and Black JFK Mm -hmm. team up, as old men, team up to fight a mummy in a cowboy hat. Yeah. It's not about the side characters. Mm -hmm. They're just, look, we just need a reason to root more for these old men. Right. It just, I wish this little run here
1: mm-hmm.
0: sort of shaded the rest of the movie for me where it was like we sort of exist in this world <laughs> like it, for some reason it got very nihilistic where it was like these characters exist
1: in a world of pointless cruelty compounded by the fact <laughs> that their bodies are decaying Yeah, and it's like <sighs> well we live in a world of pointless cruelty where our bodies are decaying
0: I know so I don't want to see a movie about it I guess <laughs> not a Bruce Campbell movie <laughs>
1: But it makes the movie
0: brilliant though. But it just that lack of subtlety and (laughs) Yeah. And if it were just if it were just this, but there's roots of it throughout, Mm -hmm. I like the rest of it. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this nurse who Okay again just is an exposition robot.
1: So the exposition robot who manufactures cruelty. Yes. She comes in and she says that Sebastian Half is her favorite patient. Elvis says, Hey, my name is Mr. Presley, or Elvis. Not Sebastian Half, that was a disguise I don't need to hide anymore. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. Not necessarily being mean, but yeah, being very sort of... What's the word you used? Uh, infantilizing. Infantilizing, yeah. Patronizing is another yes. word. Just sort of talking down to him. And uh, the other woman asks, what, what's going on here? And we get the exposition. So, according to the rest of the characters in this movie, except for maybe one, who we'll get to... This is not Elvis Presley. Mm. This is a man named Sebastian Half, who was an Elvis impersonator who fell off of a stage after having a bad hip. He had a gyration accident. He had a gyration accident where he broke his hip, fell off a stage, and was in a coma. We're not told how long he was in a coma and when he woke up, but he that accident was 20 years ago. But he was in a coma, and when he woke up, he said he was the real Elvis Presley. According to... Our narrator, Elvis Presley, he is the real Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. and he got tired of the life of a, of a rock star, all the fame, all the fake friends, all the drugs, the fact that his marriage had fallen apart, and he'd never found love again. So he went and he found the greatest Elvis impersonator of all time, Sebastian Half, and he traded places with him. Sebastian Half, in this flashback, is also played by Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this great moment where uh, he Bruce Elvis comes up to Sebastian Half and Sebastian Half kneels before him and Kisses the Ring as yeah. if he were a real king, not just the, col- the colloquial king of rock and roll. It would have
0: been a great detail. Mm-hmm. Again, the movie does the obvious thing, which is the impersonator will look exactly like Elvis, but it would have been right. a great detail if they got like Bruce Campbell's stand-in.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, so like he looks like Elvis, but not perfectly. Or, Kurt Russell. Oh my! God. <laughs> that would <have> be been... <laughs> for those who don't know, Kurt Russell played Elvis a couple different times. Yeah, but uh, most famously in a TV movie directed by John Carpenter about the life of Elvis. So that would be that would have been really funny. Uh... <laughs> would you watch uh, an Into the Elvis
0: Verse movie where it's like all the actors who have portrayed Elvis get together and? Oh God, yes! Oh God, yes! You got Bruce Campbell. You got uh, Val Kilmer. You got. uh,
1: Well, wasn't the other movie that uh, Kurt Russell played Elvis in was like a movie about a bunch of Elvis impersonators teaming up? Three thousand miles to Graceland. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that we've already kind of had the Elvis verse. True. Yeah, but um, good luck getting Bruce Campbell back for that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Bruce Campbell has had the opportunity to reprise this role in the past. He has said no. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, they switched places. Elvis got to live a normal life for several years, still performing as an Elvis impersonator. Yep, having barbecues all the having time. Having barbecues. He did have a contract, a written contract with Sebastian Half that said he could switch back anytime he wanted. But, uh,. The contract burned up in a cookout accident. A barbecue accident. A barbecue accident that also destroyed his trailer. Yeah. Uh, and how would a contract like that work? Like, who who do you show that
0: to? To be like, I don't know. Do you take it back to Mark Twain and be like, I've been in the Popard, sir. You need to
1: rectify this. <laughs> and uh, apparently, uh, as as he said, Sebastian half had a bad ticker, uh, and he died before they could switch back. And Elvis was. But Elvis was having a fine time being an Elvis impersonator throughout his hip and ended up in the old folks' home. And uh, now just spends all of his time thinking and wondering if his wife and daughter knew he was out there, would they come and see him? Would they be happy to see him? What would they say to them?
0: Oh, hey, hey. Old people
1: are sad and lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And he's and he, he we, we we see a lot of this in flashback. He even has a fantasy at one point that the two women are are hanging on his every word, listening to his, his story. Mm-hmm. And we know that he has some sort of growth on, on his, his dick, dick, yeah, or as he keeps calling it, his pecker. Uh, and the nurse has to apply some sort of cream to it periodically, yeah, and she keeps referring to it as that little thing that needs to be done. Yeah. Which is probably a bad way to talk about someone's penis.
0: I mean, she's very unprofessional in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um again, it's just a character that exists to Yeah. and it has no she has no purpose or
1: character outside of she smokes. Yeah, she smokes and she's uncomfortable about the whole penis thing. Yeah. Yeah, which and she's I get it. Really
0: unintentionally cruel mm-hmm. to... She's not trying to be
1: rude to... No, she's not. She just has poor bedside manner. She does, yeah. She clearly thinks that she has great bedside manner. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, she's... Uh, I thought the actors playing her did a pretty good job. Though. She did. Yeah. Uh, she was on the television show Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I keep hearing about that show. I, I know. To, I need to watch it more. But, anyway... Um, yeah. So, so they they leave him behind, laughing as they walk away uh, about his story, and uh, he he he. Another moment that I admit is not very subtle. He looks at the purple heart from Paul and says, "Does anything matter in the end?" Mm. Um, but I like that concept, that, that idea being put forward. Like, anyway. no, it's it's yeah. a great sentiment.
0: Yeah, and I. That's why I wish there was more like acting instead of Mm -hmm. this very heavy, obvious narration. Not just narration, but also the writing of the dialogue, where it's just like... Sure. Like I said, everything's served right on a plate. Yeah. It's... Hey, hey, old people live a sad and lonely existence. (laughs) Hey, hey, stop treating me like a baby.
1: (laughs) And we hear in his narration he says, uh, there's only one person who ever really believed me. And he was certifiable. <laughs> Hard cut <laughs> to Elvis and Ozzy Davis sitting outside, and Ozzy Davis is explaining that he is John F. Kennedy. He was shot in the head; part of his brain is gone, and, and he has been replaced with a bag of sand. There, that's my favorite line in the
0: <laughs> favorite line the movie. I got a lot. Of, <laughs> I'm not gonna do a voice. I got a little bag of sand up there. <laughs>
1: And later on in the movie he explains that the rest of his brain is powered by batteries back at the White House and, and he's thinking through and, sand and he's thinking through sand and they could unplug the batteries at any moment and he'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bruce and then in my favorite line of the movie Bruce the line that sticks with me forever I when the rest of this movie faded from my memory this is the only line that stuck with me is, uh, I don't mean to be rude, Jack, but uh, JFK was a Wattfeller. <laughs> and Ozzy Davis is, they dyed me this color. That's how clever they are. <laughs> That's how clever they are. And <laughs> even Elvis is
0: giving him a side eye like, okay. And we didn't really introduce uh, Bruce Campbell. I'm sure people know who he is.
1: Oh, yeah, we didn't really talk about but that.
0: But he's mostly known for the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. And Ash also versus Evil Dead, the TV show. Television show. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the television show The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Oh, yeah, on, that was a good show. He was on Xena. And mm-hmm. he was, if you're a dad, you know him as Sam Axe on Burn Notice. <laughs> exactly. And Ozzie Davis is... An actor who we best know from do the right thing yes and
1: he is fantastic in a everything he's in fucking powerhouse performer yeah especially in do the right thing that has a stamp of approval from us yes. that movie. i especially think it does this... from most
0: people yeah.
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah it doesn't need our help but yes yeah. in case you were on the fence uh, l- allow us to push you off that fence and go watch it.
0: Ossie Davis also provided his voice for Muhammad Ali's no- novelty album Ali and His Gang Versus Tooth Decay <laughs> along with Frank Sinatra uh, which oh when I found God. that out while I was watching Bubba Hotep <laughs> while I was taking my notes I stopped Bubba Hotep and watched this or listened to this 36 minute record uh, and took notes on that.
1: <laughs> so we'll be talking about that at some point. Very soon, probably. Very soon. Um, it's a fucking trip. Great, can't wait. But yeah, Ozzie Davis is fantastic. Another thing that was said about Ozzie Davis in the in the Bruce Campbell interview.
0: Oh, he was also in uh, Joe versus the Volcano. Which oh, is a
1: movie that will
0: show up on this show at some point. Oh, will it? Yes. Great. Have you ever seen it? I have not. I st- I've
1: heard some things about it. But very strange film great can't wait to see it um Ozzie Davis uh Bruce Campbell said that getting Ozzie Davis was the best thing that could have happened to the movie because he said the things that come out of JFK's mouth in this movie are so unbelievable you need an actor of Ozzie Davis's caliber to say them because it's the only way anyone will take him even remotely seriously now do you believe that either of these men are who they say they are now that is the big question of the movie uh Because the movie does not ever. The movie is told from Elvis' perspective, which might say. Which might be a a clue as to why some of the other characters are so paper thin. So he sees JFK as being a little crazy. But JFK clearly does not see himself as crazy. No. And Elvis does not see himself as crazy. And both actors are playing it right out. Like, this is who they are. Uh, And the movie does not take much time to question either of them it just says this is who these people are but yeah much like Martin the question becomes are they who they think they are or are they just nuts and which is the better movie um I obviously want to believe yeah that they are who they say they are especially Elvis since so much character stuff related to his life happens later on in the movie um the JFK thing is pretty unbelievable. There's even a moment where he... <laughs> Another one of my favorite... All of my favorite lines are Ozzy Davis lines in oh, yeah. this movie. Where he, he comes into Bruce Campbell's office... Office. Comes into Bruce Campbell's <sighs> how, uh, room. Could you imagine an old person having
0: an office?
1: <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes into Elvis' room... And he says, that woman who claims to be my granddaughter took me to the library today. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's such a great fucking line. Yeah. He says it so matter-of-factly, too. Because it's like, and, and then uh, he gets attacked by the mummy, and he says, it was Lyndon Johnson, who really ugly motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, Lyndon Johnson's dead. That wouldn't stop him. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so fucking good. But, um, I don't know, what what, what do you think? Do you think that they're really who they say they are?
0: It doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't... I just assume that at least Elvis is. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Like, it doesn't really change anything, whether they are or aren't. Yeah. Because it's not like... The point of the movie is that these two old men overcome their physical decay yeah. to save the day. Mhm. To save other people who are vulnerable. Mhm. And so it doesn't really matter whether they are or aren't. Mhm. It's just char- like it's just Yeah. It's just the selling point of the movie. Like that's just that's how we get them into this story of Old people kicking ass,
1: right? Yeah, I, I think that that's I think that's fair, and yeah, it's it's the movie doesn't need to be solved. The the no. there's there's no mystery to be unraveled here. <laughs> it's not like Martin, where you have two very different stories depending on how you look at the movie. Yeah, uh, or Total Recall, which is another example of that. I um, just imagine like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you said Bubba Hotep doesn't need to be solved, mm-hmm. for some reason I imagined a cross-promotional marketing gimmick between Bubba Hotep
1: and Lost. I mean, Lost is stupid enough that you could have a cowboy mummy show up and no yeah. one would blink. I mean, <laughs> it's not that sort of show, yeah. but it might as well have been. It might as well. I would have more respect for it if it was Although I have been told it's the greatest story ever told. Uh, those people are wrong.
0: They are very wrong. Those people... That's like trying to use Confederate money. Like, you invested so much in this thing just that just took a shit, and now you just like have all this, like... And the money is, like, your time, and you're, like, theorizing and all of that, and you're just going into the the opinion store
1: and trying to buy something that's worth a fuck. Oh, my God. So Ozzy Davis is JFK, and JFK seems pretty crazy. We cut back to Elvis again in the middle of the night at some point in the future. He is uh, about to take a piss in a bedpan when he decides, no, nope, I'm going to make it to the bathroom this mm-hmm. time. And he he, he he struggles, but he gets to the bathroom, and he, and he, and he has a nice pee. In the he middle does. Of the night. When he comes back, he finds that the chocolates that he had from Paul have been knocked over and that damn scarab beetle has gotten into them again. This damn scarab beetle loves fucking chocolate. Yes. The scarab beetle is not in the original story. It's not. It is not. Don Gasarelli added it specifically so that he could write this scene because he thought by having Bruce Campbell playing Elvis he needed to have at least one scene that felt like Evil Dead. Okay. Uh, in order to pander to Bruce Campbell fans, and that this scene definitely feels like something out of Evil Dead. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> Totally inconsistent. Yes, it is. It is very much only here for Evil Dead fans. But
0: again, who gives a shit? I just, <laughs> I should just enjoy it. I should just enjoy it. Bruce Campbell dressed as Elvis fighting a fucking bug.
1: Yeah, so the bug starts flying around and attacking Elvis. Elvis takes a karate stance, which Elvis was uh proficient in karate, he was a black belt. Uh, in real life. But he's he, he can't move very well, so Was he? Yeah, he was. Was he though? He was actually. <sighs> How what you're so sure? Well, I, I grew up in martial arts circles, so we talked about this stuff a lot. Like, this famous person was this, this famous person was that. Sounds like hearsay. <laughs> I mean, technically it is, but yeah. Who's from... Never from, researched you know, it yourself. I, I researched it back in the day. I don't think... El- I. He was. He was a black belt in karate. He, has what he used to do the kicks and shit on, on stage. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that Jack Black does that We don't know that Jack Black is not a black belt <laughs> True I never I mean, asked the man His last name is Black Are you looking up Elvis's black yes. belt? Yes okay. <laughs> uh, So while Brad tries to catch me out lying about Elvis's Karate Black Belt, I'll say that there are two comic book tie-ins to Bubba Hotep that were made many years after by Dynamite Comics. One of them is a prequel uh, called... Um, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like something like Elvis vs. the Atomic Age Vampires or something like that, which is actually a parody of another real-life Elvis thing where Elvis was given a badge to be a federal agent by President Nixon. In a purely public relations move, uh, President Nixon gave in to Elvis' request to become a federal agent and gave him a badge and sent him on his way with a pal on the head. And uh, in real life, Elvis didn't do anything with this except harass his friends every once in a while when they were bugging him. But... In this comic, he was given that badge in order to officially fight off against cosmic vampires from space. Uh, so there's that. And then there's also a sequel comic, which does not follow the famous sequel that was ta- that's talked about at the end of the movie. We'll talk about that sequel. Okay. But uh, in this comic, Elvis teams up with Ash from Evil Dead, and they fight the same mummy from this movie who somehow survived.
0: So, what I can glean from this mental floss article that I skimmed. <laughs> okay. Here's what I mean. Okay. I believe that Elvis Presley has a quote unquote black belt, which he does. Uh huh. But was he any good? I don't know. See, yeah, I could. Somebody could give me a black belt. It doesn't mean I'm good. <laughs> I I'm sure that he earned his black belt. Let me put uh, okay. Okay. You're in a street fight. Yeah. Against 60 men. Okay. And women. Okay. It's it's a diverse crowd <laughs> of all of all races and creeds. There's somebody in a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, and somebody you, in a
1: wheelchair. Oh and God. you you
0: have your choice of partners. Uh huh. You could either have Elvis Presley. Yeah. Or Bruce Lee.
1: Well, obviously I'm going for Bruce Lee. Okay. I'm not saying that Elvis kept up his practices and was very serious about being a black belt his entire life. I'm just saying I believe he probably earned the black belt and then fell out of practice. I don't know. I don't (laughs) think the man was very good. I don't think... I'm not saying that he's Bruce Lee levels of awesome. All right, how about this? (laughs) Okay. Same street
0: fight scenario. (laughs) course same diverse crowd yeah Elvis Presley yeah or Robocop
1: (laughs) obviously it's Robocop
0: okay (laughs) Elvis Presley's not doing too well in these (laughs) matchups
1: I'm not I'm not saying that he would be great in a street fight against a a oddly diverse street gang of 60 people I'm just saying that I think he probably earns his black belt that's all (laughs) I earned a black belt. I wouldn't trust me in a gang fight against an oddly diverse group of 60 people. (laughs) Last matchup. (laughs) Okay.
0: Same diverse crowd.
1: Same diverse crowd.
0: Elvis Presley. Uh Uh-huh. Or a boxing kangaroo.
1: (laughs) Well, at that point, I would go with Elvis. I wouldn't go with a boxing kangaroo. I can't guarantee the boxing kangaroo will be on my side.
0: I guess I trust my bond with nature more than you do, because I would go with the boxing kangaroo.
1: You would go with the boxing kangaroo? Yeah. Yeah, I would go with Elvis at that point.
0: Well, the only way to settle this is to have a boxing kangaroo fight Elvis. And And he's super dead, so... kangaroo court, coming to the CW. Kangaroo court. Uh, Man's sins are judged against how he fares in combat
1: against a boxing kangaroo. What the hell are we talking about? Okay, wow. so this bug is flying around attacking Elvis. If only he had a boxing kangaroo to yes. help him out. But in the end, and I do appreciate that Elvis in this movie, despite kicking ass and taking names, does not move well. No. Uh, he. And this is something I just mentioned that there were the, the comic book sequel, Ash. ...versus Bubba Hotep with Elvis in it. Uh, I've only read one issue of that comic series... ...because it was a sequel... ...and I wanted to know how they continued off of this story. Uh, my biggest problem with that issue... ...is that it works very well as an Evil Dead story. It doesn't work as a Bubba Hotep story... ...because Elvis is in... ...in the first couple pages of the book... ...Elvis and Ash have a fight... ...and they're apparently equal. And Elvis is like throwing all these high kicks... ...and doing all this stuff... That's not this movie. The movie may be unsubtle. The movie may be silly. But it sticks to realism as much as it can. And still making Elvis cool. Yeah. That Elvis would not be able to move. No. Because he's an old man. Yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, But so Elvis finally is able to to beat the scarab by stabbing it with a fork. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says... Uh, another great Bruce Campbell one-liner for the books on top of all the great ones he had in the Evil Dead movies uh, he stabs it with a fork and he says even a... Uh, shit what does, he, what does he call it? I don't know, I wasn't taking story notes uh, yeah, damn it this is what happens when I lose my fucking notes in the other in the other place Even a big fuck cockroach like you should know you never fuck with a king. And sticks it into the heat lamp next to his bed. And bug zaps it to death. Which explodes. It explodes, yes. And that is just fantastic. Just a fantastic... I, I realize it's silly, it's tonally wrong for the movie. Yeah. But it's such a it's such a Bruce Campbell moment, and I'm such a Bruce Campbell fan. Yeah, I am too. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I love Bruce Campbell's one-liners. I think he's got better one-liners than Arnold Schwarzenegger I've ever
0: had. I haven't seen a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, so by default, Bruce Campbell wins.
1: Sure. <laughs> it's who do you just think has like better it... one-liners, Bruce Campbell or Clint Eastwood, then? That's someone who you actually have watched movies from. Uh, Bruce Campbell. He still thinks I so? enjoy his more. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Elvis then decides to, to get up on his walker and walk through the halls of the the old folks home, to try and get some help, saying so that there's a there's a there's a bug problem. There's a hell of a bug problem here, man. And he ends up hearing some more noises coming from JFK's room, and this is where he, what you said happened. He goes into the room, and he looks around, and we see that JFK is. Uh, conspiracy nut. Yes. He's got articles, he's got mock ups, he's got dioramas. And the first two mugshots we
0: see on yeah. his walls are Clay Shaw and David Ferry. And Clay I Sh- wondered about that. And Clay Shaw was the man who was prosecuted by New Orleans district attorney Jim Garrison. Okay. For the assassination of JFK, which is what the film JFK is based on. Oh, okay. Um, and he was acquitted with in, like, less than an hour. (laughs) So, like, there's not a lot of credence to his involvement. Yeah. And David Ferry uh, also has a connection to both Shaw and the supposed conspiracy and its players. Right. It's just odd that they included those two photos, but I guess that shows, like...
1: Yeah, how far he's willing to... Well, at one point, he even accuses Elvis of having something to do with it. Yeah. He said, "I, I used to think that you hated me. But uh, yeah, so so JFK on the ground, with his 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 butt up in the air, and he's got all the stuff around. He's he's literally got a diorama of the grassy knoll and the, mm-hmm. the whole the whole shebang. And Elvis comes over to JFK and says, "You're on the floor, man." JFK says, "No shit." Yeah, I laughed out loud. <laughs> that was great. Everything Ozzy Davis says is great. He's just he's just a wonderful actor. And they find out that this cowboy mummy is going around the old folks home sucking something out of people's assholes and killing them that way mm-hmm. and then later on the doctors are talking to them and Elvis says that they have a big bug problem and the doc, the main doctor in charge of the, the old folks home asks him what kind of bug problem Elvis says I'm not an theologist oh yeah. you know, big one big size of my fist now, the main doctor in charge of the place is played by uh, an actor who fans of Don Cassarelli will know. He, he played the part of the ice cream man turned badass from the Phantasm franchise.
0: I've never seen any of them.
1: Uh, he, the, the cast of, of, the, of those movies... Reggie Bannister, that's the actor's name. The, the cast of those movies is the tall man, who's the evil guy... In the, the, the the antagonist this kid who grows up over the course of the films and this ice cream man who's his, side, his comedy sidekick who ends up becoming a badass over the course of the films and is actually the protagonist of the fifth movie which also takes place in the rest home but it is the ice cream man in the rest home being told that the events of the previous four movies were all in his head gotcha but uh Phantasm is all about dreams and what's reality the twist ending of the first movie in fact is that the main character wakes up realizing the entire thing was a dream only to have the tall man in his room uh, yell at him boy and then take him into a mirror dimension how you make sequels off of off of that I have no fucking idea I don't know they're very weird movies. Oh, hey, we should talk about those sometime. Yeah, but anyway, after this, Elvis and JFK end up getting a little bit closer together. JFK talks to Elvis at one point, and he like he, like we said, he said he he says uh, you. I always knew that you. Ha- I always thought you hated me, but if you'd wanted me dead and you found me on the floor, you could have just taken care of me then. I just, I, if I'm going to work with you on this, I need you to tell me that you had nothing to do with my assassination. And you did not know Lee Harvey Oswald or another person that he mentions, I don't remember. Possibly Jack Ruby or I think it was Jack Ruby, yeah. And uh, Elvis says, uh had nothing to do with it, and I didn't know about either of those people. And uh Ozzie Davis says, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna work on solving this case together. During this bit there's also a scene where the nurse we finally see the nurse put the cream on that yeah. little thing that needs to be done. Bruce Campbell reportedly had one question for Don Cassarelli when he met with him about the script saying are we going to see it? And Don Cassarelli said what? He said the the, the, the pecker, the pecker growth. And Don Cassarelli said no we're not going to see it. He said okay then I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and throughout the movie Elvis has been complaining about the fact that he has not had an erection in ages. Yeah. He says there's been at least two presidential terms since he is. Since he had a uh, a boner. But, while she's putting this cream on his growth, he does get a boner. And it's because he realizes he is interested in this mummy mystery. He took something's life,
0: and Mm -hmm. now he has a murder boner. (laughs) Just like Tom
1: Savini. Yep. Yeah, now he just wants to kill more. He just wants to kill... He's And uh, he starts coming on to the nurse a little bit, which the nurse finds funny. Yeah. Uh, she says, you better take a cold shower. He says, I'll take one if you come in with me. And he's just very, very proud of his boner. Yeah. He keeps looking at it, sneaking glances. He's he's very happy with it. So he and Ozzie Davis start investigating the mystery. They go into a bathroom and find some hieroglyphics on the bathroom stall wall. Yes. Which translate out to b- basic vulgar graffiti. Yeah. Just saying, this one This one pharaoh eats donkey ass, uh, and Nefertiti... Cleopatra does the nasty. Cleopatra does the nasty, yeah, exactly. Elvis is very confused. But apparently, again, this mummy, not the most prestigious historical figure to have no. been brought back. And this mummy has to take shits. And this mummy does have to take shit. It shits out souls. Yeah, so what it is feeding on through people's assholes, or through their mouths, apparently it can be any orifice. I don't know why it keeps going for the asshole, if it can be any orifice. Is it keeps feeding on people's souls. And when it feeds on a soul, it destroys it. You don't go to heaven, you don't go to hell, you don't go to Valhalla, you don't go to wherever you're going. It eats the soul, it digests the soul... And it shits out soul residue. Uh, so you just end up in a toilet somewhere. You're, there's no there's no afterlife. You're just dead. As a Christian, I with his own beliefs about what the nature of the soul is, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if you don't believe in a soul, fuck it. Yeah, you I thought it was w- pretty cool. You can do whatever you want with it. I thought yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I think it's fine, yeah. Um,
0: That's a gnarly concept that the monster just shits out. Your, Just shits it out. Your yeah.
1: your inert soul. Yeah, yeah. He, he takes what he needs from it and shits it out. Uh, they go into. Sorry, go I ahead. have a question for you. Go ahead. Is Bubba
0: Hotep a cowboy mummy or a mummy cowboy? <laughs> I think he's. Go ahead. Let's say it on three.
1: Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. Cowboy. Mummy mu- cowboy. Oh shit! Shit!
0: He is a cowboy mummy.
1: <laughs> I think he's a mummy cowboy. Explain your reasoning. <laughs> because he's just a mummy dressed as a cowboy. He's not he he doesn't actually wrangle cattle. Exactly.
0: Yeah. He's a
1: mummy first. Yeah. That's why the cowboy is the modifier. Oh, he's I was not putting a mummified mummy first.
0: cowboy.
1: Oh. I misunderstood. Okay, then cowboy mummy, you're right. You're right. You wanna say it on three again? No. <laughs> that moment has passed. Yeah. Anyway, um so then they go back to JFK's room again. It's 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 late oh well first, actually, they have lunch and we get to see more of the residents of the old folks' home. And this looks like a scene straight out of Twin Peaks. Yeah. And just a bunch of very strange people. And there's a bunch of farting. There's a bunch of farting. and There's a bunch of twangy music in the background. And one of the other people in this rest home uh, goes by the name of Kimasabi. Yes. And he's a guy who used to have more of his marbles, but he's lost them. He clearly has some sort of Lone Ranger fixation. Mm -hmm. He's got two fake toy guns that he keeps clicking off all the time. He's got a Lone Ranger mask and a white hat. He shouts for Tonto. He shouts for Tonto. It could be that if we're to take all of these people seriously, wouldn't it be great if everyone in the old folks' home was really who they said that they were? And this guy is really the Lone Ranger. That would be great. Yeah. That would be fantastic. The I the actor playing this part has a, has a white mustache, and I thought he looked like, really looked like what I remembered the actor... Who really played the Lone Ranger looked like around the same time this movie was made. Okay. So I looked it up, but no, it's not the same guy. It's just some other cowboy actor from back in the day that they got. Oh, cool. A uh, smaller time actor. Then, not that the guy who played the Lone Ranger was in a whole bunch of stuff, but still. He was the Lone Ranger. He was a Lone Ranger. And this guy was just some schmuck. Just
0: some schmuck. Hey, oldie, <laughs> come be murder fodder for my mummy movie. Did you know Harlan Ellison wrote westerns?
1: No, but it doesn't surprise me. It surprised me. A lot of those pulp sci-fi writers did that. He wrote an episode of a short-lived western Western TV show called Cimarron Strip. Oh, yeah? Where Jack the Ripper escapes from London and and goes out to the Old West. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean,
0: technically, he could have. He could have. He could have. He also could have uh, headed east and battled Dracula. <laughs> no, Billy the Kid fought Dracula. Multiple people can fight Dracula. <laughs> That's true. Dracula's an equal opportunity adversary. Yeah, anybody can go after him. He's, sure, he's
1: the he's the man you can always count on. It's okay to murder him. we so Brad and I are now going to make our own movie called uh, Jack the Ripper versus Dracula. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be pretty great. Where do you think they met? Jack the Ripper
0: and Dracula? Yeah. I think they were both on SNL together. <laughs> in like 79. Of course. And and Jack the Ripper was getting more screen time because Dracula literally didn't show up on camera. <laughs>
1: no, no. All my auditions must be in person. <laughs> It made sketches with Dracula really awkward. <laughs> but the live audience fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the power, the charisma. <laughs> they're they're in JFK's room talking about this stuff, looking through a bunch of occult books that JFK has, has managed to scrounge up. And in one of these books, they find some information about mummies eating souls. Bruce Campbell, Elvis makes specific reference to Once They've Been Brought to Life with the Tana Leaves or whatever, Mm -hmm. which is a direct reference to The Mummy's Hand, which is an old Universal film that was their reboot. I think it's one of the first cinematic reboots ever of their Mummy franchise after they realized that the Boris Karloff mummy, Imhotep, was difficult to make sequels out of. They created a different mummy, Karis, who's the more famous, wrapped-up, shit-shambling mummy that more people know about. And and as opposed to having him be brought back to life with uh, a magic scroll, they had him brought to life by a potion made out of Tana Leaves. And this allowed him to come back slasher-villain style for four movies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tana Leaves, I, I, I appreciated that reference. Like, Sweet. Yeah. Because Elvis is when he's brought back to life by Tantileves or whatever, he needs to keep eating souls, which is not something that Karis used to do. But uh, apparently he needs to keep eating souls. The souls at the old folks' home are particularly low-energy souls. so he they to keep, easy prey. They're easy prey, but they don't have a lot of nutritional value. No. So he has to eat a lot of them.
0: Do you think that's true if you were to physically consume an old person? <laughs>
1: That they wouldn't have a lot of like, yeah. nutritional value, probably. Yeah, I'd I'd say that. I mean, if if you if you kill an old animal and you eat an old animal, they don't have a lot of nutritional value to them. Is that true? I think so. Yeah, I think that like I I think I've heard that old animals the the meat gets crappy. Did you hear this from the fucking Elvis Presley is a master <laughs> black belt people? Well, I might have. They are. They were hunters too. They were a bunch of old mainers. So that uh, I used to go to. They weren't lobster fishermen. But no, none of them were lobster fishermen. But I did live next door to a lobster fisherman growing oh, up. Oh yeah, did He's, he smell? Uh, his traps did. Okay. He would give us discounts. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. For the offensive odor. No. Sorry for ruining your property.
1: <laughs> he sold us the property in the first place. Yeah. We weren't about
0: to complain. Come pay for
1: my stink,
0: palace. <laughs> Come, block the rest of the world from my odor. He passed away recently. Rest in power. Rest in peace. He was white. See, I don't make assumptions.
1: You assumed he was black.
0: I assumed he was an ally.
1: So this is the point where... Uh, JFK turns to Elvis while they're discussing this and says, you want a ding dong? And Elvis thinks that he's coming on to him and he says, no, a chocolate ding dong. Though I suppose I am a ding, I do have a chocolate ding dong now that I've been dyed. Then, uh, he, he opens up his candy drawer and they start talking about candy and Elvis says he wants a baby roof. Let's
0: talk about this candy drawer. Okay. Because there's loose candy corn in there. <laughs> yes. And that's the true sign of a fucking lunatic. If if you're ever in someone's house and there's just loose candy corn in a drawer, like a quantity, not like a couple pieces that got lost, uh-huh. but like a handful of candy corn, that's a fucking dangerous person. And the more they have, the more dangerous they are. If you're looking for a spoon and you open the drawer
1: and it's just candy corn... You need to fucking run. That's a Buffalo Bill situation you, from Silent from Silence of the Lambs. You, you need, to, need
0: to run. You need to get a gun. And you need to end this. Sp- and if it's a situation where you're opening cabinets and it's just pouring out, like you're already dead. But like,
1: it's too late for
0: you. You're most likely not even in this dimension. You've most likely been whisked away <laughs> to some pocket-tortured dimension where every
1: uh, every second is like an eon. <laughs> you just turn around and there's Rod Serling with a bit of pipe sticking out of the side of his head going, and then a volcano shows up. All right, so, uh, I was wondering if the baby Ruth-Elvis connection was a thing. Uh, I'm not up on my Elvis trivia.
0: Elvis was a big fan of Caddyshack.
1: What? <laughs> Oh, yeah, because of the turd joke. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, so they're they're having their, their illicit candy. We cut to the room with Kimasabi and his roommate. Yeah. And in that room, the mummy is sucking an asshole out. Su- sucking an asshole? Yeah. Sucking a soul out of an asshole of an old person. Uh, the roommate of of, of Kimasabi and Kimasabi gets on his Lone Ranger gear and starts clicking his guns and yelling "asshole, asshole!" Uh, again, Kimasabi not all there, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and uh, Elvis and Ozzy Davis go to the door of his of his room to see what's going on, and they see the mummy in the cowboy hat walk down the hall. This is their first big encounter with him. Yeah, and uh, I love the way that this scene is done. Uh, as the mummy walks down the hall, the lights are flickering and going all crazy, and there's this spiral light pattern behind the mummy. It's, it's just, it looks like something that would be behind him if, as, as he was being introduced in, in a Vegas show. Yeah. Uh, and it's not coming from anywhere. We know this because when the shot reverses and we see him from the back walking towards the door, the spiral light pattern is still on the other side of him. On on the door, it it doesn't make any sense in universe that it's no, there. It's just style. It's just style, yeah. and that's that's Don Casarelli in a nutshell. He doesn't care. He's just he. Phantasm, the Phantasm movies do not make a lot of sense, but they have a whole lot of style. I'll
0: take your word for it.
1: Yeah, uh, but as he's 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 going down the hall, he looks into Elvis's eyes, and Elvis gets a flashback. Uh, he gets some sort of psychic. Wave showing him the backstory of this mummy, and again we see. And what we see is half the movie's budget. Definitely, definitely half the movie's budget. Uh, the mummy, as a as a as a minor pharaoh back in the old Egyptian days. Uh, a lot of topless ladies walking around. There's one. There's one? I thought there was more than one. I just noticed that. Well, I saw the one, and I went to
0: write my note. Yay, nudity. I was waiting for you.
1: It was like, you're <laughs> rated R for a reason. Thank goodness this wasn't at the old folks' home. <laughs> then we see some sort of transgression happening. He was put in a cursed sarcophagus, and his tongue was ripped out, which is, again, a reference back to the old Universal Mummy movies. Uh... Karis's tongue was torn out, uh, in the remake by Steven Somers. Imhotep's tongue was torn out, although he gets back almost immediately. So fuck it. Um, it's a big deal uh, having people's tongues torn out to uh, so their curses cannot uh, inf- infuriate the gods, and they also show someone poking a, a, a poker through his nose to rip his brain out yep. of his head, like ancient mummies. Like that happens with ancient mummies. But they were doing it to him while he was still alive, which is awful. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. but they stick him they stick him in a, in a sarcophagus and according to JFK, although we don't see this in the flashback, they cut away his his name and, and all of the of the stuff to, to keep him locked in that thing and, and to curse him and uh, just fuck him over real good. Who do you think the sexiest mummy is? Ooh. Unfortunately, it's definitely the the mummy from the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Which, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Baba Hotep leaves, he he passes through the door like a ghost, the front door of the of the old folks home like a ghost. And uh Sabe keeps firing his fake guns and eventually has some sort of an attack and collapses and he 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 is dead. And uh, Elvis says in the narration that he died of natural causes, his soul was intact when he died. Yeah. Uh, which is more than we can say for Akemosabi's roommate who I don't believe is ever given a name. Probably not. He's not a person. No, not a person. There's more there's more hullabaloo. Elvis is continuing to feel better over the course of this. The more death he sees, the more Elvis feels stronger. He, he yeah. like the mummy, he feeds off he's, death. Exactly. Yeah. And I wish the movie played into this uh, See,
0: there's subtlety. This, this obviously intentional uh, <laughs> metaphor of just like he's just he's he's the mummy. When you
1: really think about it, <laughs> when you really think about it, who's the real mummy? here? No, he really is because <laughs> he's a relic
0: from another time. Yes, who was sort of stuck in time with his coma.
1: Yeah. Well, to 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 be serious for a second, he is a king. JFK. Was colloquial was colloquially referred to as it is, references the King, era was Camelot era of Camelot uh, King Arthur all that sort of thing, and we have the mummy who was a minor pharaoh in his in his day, so really this is a story of three lost kings from other times, meeting and, and having it out with each other, and which is great. But I wish
0: like it, I wish the balancing act was better between sure. the on the nose stuff mm-hmm. the fun stuff. And, like, I think we're meeting the movie a little bit more than halfway. Okay. I think all the themes are there, but they're much fuzzier than we're... Mm-hmm. That I'm giving, giving it credit for. It. Yeah. Okay. But that's just me. It's sure. It's just... I don't know.
1: Okay. But... Uh, so then we get uh, to the somewhat pointless cruelty you were talking about, where... Or mis- misdirected cruelty. Yes. Where Elvis is now feeling a little bit better. He's outside and uh, in in the sun, in He's the in fresh air. In a trench coat. In a trench coat. And the nurse comes out and says, uh, it's time for your nap. And then I need to do that little thing. Doing her usual shtick. And he well, turns Well, it's not her... even like it's time for anything. She's just like, hey, why don't you come back inside? Don't go too far. She's worried about him. No, she says it's time for your nap. Does she? She does, yeah. And he's and he turns around very fast and starts shouting at her and yeah. like just saying don't don't talk down to me you bitch and and all this stuff. So I'm gonna stay out here as long as I want. Fuck you. And I'll I'll rub my own I'll rub down my own pecker from yeah. now on.
0: I mean, there's no reason he couldn't have before. Sure. Yeah. So you you were not comfortable with that scene. It's. I didn't catch the line about it being nap time. Mm-hmm. I just thought that she had come out out of concern. Sure. Because that shows that she actually, like, gives somewhat of a shit about this dude. Mm-hmm. She's just
1: not great at her job. Right, right. And her job is fucking tough. Yes. and I, I feel bad for people who work in these conditions. It cannot be easy. And... Again, the movie is very obviously setting
0: her up as this barrier and this foil to Elvis where she's she just exists to make him to belittle him
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah whether and it's feels unintentional at least to me
1: from her side
0: yeah I, I yeah I it feel like the actress is playing this as not straightforward malicious yeah this is
1: or like. I don't know. I agree with you. I, I think she's not trying to be malicious. And um, I also felt like she maybe didn't totally deserve that. Yeah. But I was okay with it because for me it was less about that as much as it was Elvis. Elvis's frustration coming out with his, his, yeah. his, his environment. Elvis famously not... The easiest person to get along with. No. And he's in this situation where he's had a lot of his power and, and, and autonomy taken away from him. Now, is that her fault? No. But she ha- is the person who he happens to be near and gets the brunt of that. Yeah. But I again, I'm sure in her job she has faced that before. True.
0: But I... It feels like the movie is going like, hey, this is a great win for Elvis. He was shitty to somebody. <laughs> Okay. And just doing their job. Yeah. Hey, 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 the king is back.
1: <laughs> that's not... <laughs> yeah, baby, the king is back. That's not the vibe that I got off of it, but I I, I can understand where, where you're coming from with that. He uses his walker and... Oh, he also threatens to kill her. Does he? Yes. Oh, I missed that. What, what does um, he say?
0: I don't know, but I have a note that says... Uh... She sucks, but she doesn't deserve to have her life threatened.
1: Oh, he was going to beat her with his walker. That's what yeah. he said. Yeah, uh, yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't deserve that. No. No one deserves that. And again, that street is a win. Eh. Again, I. I'm not sure that He's I. He's given saw that.
0: a trophy by the director. <laughs>
1: the director comes stops on the scene. camera.
0: Don Coscarelli comes on scene and gives. <laughs> Gives Elvis the character of Elvis Presley a trophy and it says you were shitty to a nurse. (laughs) And it's huge. It's, It's Don Coscarelli can barely lift it. It's it's killing him to carry this. But he has to do it. He has to do it because he
1: believes so much. (laughs) <laughs> what just happened and there's a very unfortunate given current events Donald Trump cameo where he just comes up and says it's huge and then walks off camera again. yep yeah foreshadowing foreshadowing but anyway Elvis goes down this hill towards a a, a creek and
0: I love this he's using the walker it's yep. some great physical acting
1: by Bruce Campbell yes you can see that he's like just about to teeter over at any moment and he sees this bridge, which reminds him of a of an element uh, of the vision of the mummy mm-hmm. that the mummy was being transported as part of this world tour we saw advertised in the German footage from the beginning, and uh, the sarcophagus fell off the truck, either fell off or was stolen from the truck, and ended up somewhere around here. Popped open, the mummy came back with whatever Tana leaves, or Scroll of Life, or whatever, and has now been sucking souls to keep itself alive. Elvis makes his way back to his room, collapses on his bed. I'll first, he does have a conversation with JFK first, where they, they talk about what to do, and JFK says, I guess we need to find a new nursing home, or something. But then, El- then Elvis goes back to his room, he collapses on the bed, he turns on the TV... Well, he, he, he starts rubbing himself down with the cream for his for his, his dick. He says that he suspects that he has cancer and that no one is telling him. Yeah. Because they figure he'll just die of yeah. old age before it becomes a problem. Right. He turns on the TV and there's a marathon of Elvis movies. Like happens. It happens. For those who may not know, beyond being a famous musician, Elvis was also a really bad movie star who starred in a bunch of very, very, very bad movies. At least from what I've been told. I've not seen a single one. I've not seen any either. My grandmother was obsessed with them. She, yeah. She grew up in the time when Elvis was the heartthrob, so she had all the Elvis stuff. Did you ever show her this movie? No. She would not have been okay with this one.
0: Are you sure? I am very sure. Is she still alive? Yes. Well. Sounds like it'd be great for the podcast. <laughs> she,
1: is, she is not... There. What's her? What's? Is she in your phone? No, not anymore. Oh, yeah, she's well. Her old phone number is in there, but okay, she uh, does not live there anymore. Okay, she doesn't yeah. have a cellular phone. No, she she the the old folks home has a wow. has a number.
0: We'll have to get her one since she's going Hollywood
1: with this podcast. <laughs> he watches these movies and he realizes, a great scene in my opinion. He he, he realizes, wait a second. I didn't lose my dignity. I never had any. Where, where are you laughing about?
0: <laughs> I saw my my final note from Ali uh, and his gang versus tooth decay. Oh, and it uh, set me off. Um, Howard Cassell recites a poem about <laughs> how Ali punched a bunch of pies and milkshakes. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this. I, I looked up. Because I was curious about the age difference between Bruce Campbell and Ossie Davis. Yes. Because Ossie Davis is an old man. Yes. And Bruce Campbell
1: is a middle-aged man. Yes. He. I should mention, I, I keep meaning to mention, the makeup on Bruce Campbell is fantastic yeah. in this movie. They but said the one thing they did not want to skimp on money-wise was the old-age makeup. Because they knew that would make or break the film. But it's still old face. It is old face, yeah. Still, they should have got... Should
0: have it's and it's Elvis face. <laughs> they should have dug up Elvis's corpse, <laughs> like the time they put that Pope's corpse on trial.
1: Wait, except what? this, is,
0: there's a, it might be an apocryphal story, but okay, uh, one Pope exhumed another Pope and put his corpse
1: on trial for. I think that's I think that's real. Yeah, I think I might I think I may have heard about yeah. that before. That's that's crazy. I want to research more about. That, yeah. that would be a great play. <laughs> that would be a fantastic play. Papal history is fascinating. It's very strange. It's it's bizarre. We'll have a
0: 1,000 Wives of Weird episode on that. Sure, let's <laughs> do a bunch of research for that. We're so good at that. <laughs> Clearly. But Ozzie Davis was 84. Okay. And Bruce Campbell was 44. Oh, okay. So quite, a, quite an so, age gap. Yeah. I, do you think Ozzie Davis was like... You're not actually old Bruce like this is... <laughs> you can't know what it's like. Ozzie Davis, by the way, looks like he's 50. Oh, yeah. He looks great. He... Yeah.
1: And he died a few years after Bubba Hotep. Oh, that's tough About bad. three years after. Yeah, he does not look like he's on Death's Door at all in this movie. He's got... Ozzie, the, one of the best things about Ozzie Davis... Um, Stephen King once said you can tell... A fantasy writer from their eyes that they have this childlike wonder in their eyes. I don't know if that's true all the time, but Ozzie Davis has that. He's yeah. got like these like just beautiful Peter Pan eyes that just he looks like he could just break out into song at any yeah. moment. Um, which also makes you really want to believe that he's really died JFK. Yeah, because <laughs> he's just so sincere about it. So Elvis is watching the TV and he says, "Maybe I didn't, never had any dignity. Maybe I was always just a strutting asshole uh, who just wandered around taking credit for other people's shit, which is, you know, what Elvis did." Here's another point where the movie also sort
0: of functions as a meditation on Elvis. Yes, it does. As long, well as the broader thing of fame and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't give a shit about Elvis. Yeah, no, neither of us are big Elvis fans. So, like, I like a few songs.
1: Sure. But other than that, I couldn't give less of a shit, so... I I highly recommend that on their own time people do research into the songs that Elvis... Because Elvis didn't write his own music. He took already successful songs from black artists and re-recorded them his own way. Uh, And if he was good, but... In my opinion, a majority of the people who record those songs first were way better.
0: Okay.
1: And specifically look up, I forget the name of the the artist, but the original artist who did Hound Dog was this large, middle-aged black woman who played electric guitar and went out there and rocked the house with this fucking badass song. And Hound Dog makes so much more sense when it's about a guy than when it's about a girl. When you say you're just you're just an old hound dog, it makes it just it's like oh this is what the song has always been about, as opposed to his version, which is confusing to yeah. me. But yeah, it is definitely a meditation on the legacy of Elvis and for Elvis dealing with the fact that Elvis was cool but was also not cool at yeah, all. Yeah, he was very pro-establishment. Sure, yeah, he was, and um, what. Elvis could have been sort of sort of giving Elvis a more heroic way out, uh, at the end. So you can you can mentally replace dying on a toilet drop in Hunks of Burning Love with dying, going out saving the world from a mummy. Yeah, I'm sure Bubba Hotep was very
0: cathartic for a lot of Elvis fans. <laughs> I'm sure that this was this is what they needed. This helped them. There were a lot that were still attached to this world while in spirit form. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of humans went to see Boba Hotep, but there were a ton of ghosts who got closure. And you're like, oh man. Oh, Thank God. God, Elvis, my hero, mm-hmm. in this motion picture defeated a cowboy mummy. <laughs> that's the that's the ending I dreamed of. <laughs> As a fan on Earth.
1: <laughs> there is a moment in the interview with Bruce Campbell where Bruce Campbell unironically says, I hope Elvis family has seen this movie. I think that they, it would mean a lot to them. I'm sure it would. Yeah. I'm sure that it's... I'm sure they, uh,
0: they uh, put a TV on an armchair and have it play this movie and pretend like Dad's around. Or, <laughs>
1: Oh golly. But he he picks up the phone in his room and he calls Ozzie Davis's room and he says, Uh Ask not what your rest home can do for you, ask what yeah, you, you can, can do, do for your rest home. home. And he says, You're stealing my best line, but they're gonna they're gonna fight for their home. They're gonna they're gonna fight against yep. this mummy. It's like Space Cowboys. Sure. If
0: instead of a uh, Russian satellite. It's a uh, it's a cowboy mommy. I think that's what Space Cowboys. Would do. I watched Space Cowboys and two thousand and one, A Space Odyssey, in roughly the same day, and one of them made much more of an impression.
1: It's your face while trying to remember the plot of Space Cowboy is now my favorite. You face. Yeah. <laughs> Just the the sudden, wait a second, I started this, and I don't know where to go from here. Where, where am I going with this? I'll uh,
0: I'll show you how the sausage is made a little bit. Okay. I never know where I'm going, and I know that from the start. So I'm like, I don't remember what happened in Space Cowboys, so I'm going to have to get to a point where I try to figure that out.
1: There's going to be a point where I'm going to lose it and I'm just going to have to keep going.
0: I'm going to have to say something. That's all my part of this podcast is. I say something. Whether it is germane to the discussion does not matter. That That is
1: the new tagline of this podcast. It's something. Yeah. No, absolutely. We say something. Uh... So they get ready. They get into their into their uniforms. Yeah. Elvis puts on his old... Uh, uh, jumpsuit. Jumpsuit. White jumpsuit. His white jumpsuit. Now, this is uh, another story Bruce Campbell told. Bruce Campbell apparently went to study with an Elvis impersonator to try and get all the moves mm-hmm. right. And apparently after 20 minutes, the Elvis impersonator said, you're never going to get this. Uh-oh. Just do your own thing, I guess, because you're hopeless. Now that definitely sounds like a bullshit story for why scramble might not be the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he didn't want to try.
1: Uh, the Elvis impersonator also said apparently this this suit they got on loan from the keepers of all the Elvis suits. Mm-hmm. And this Elvis impersonator that they went to also had one of those suits and he said that because the suits have all these rhinestones in them they can't really be washed and this was true back in elvis's day when he used to wear them yeah so what elvis would do because it was the 70s and everyone was wearing brute is he would just douse the suits in brute so they wouldn't smell like sweat anymore they just smelled like brute uh and the brute has faded over time but if you work up enough of a sweat In one of these suits, the Elvis impersonator was telling Bruce Campbell, you can smell Elvis musk from across the centuries, across the decades and the years, Elvis's sweaty, disgusting brute musk comes forth and you start crying on stage. I'm just thinking of how disgusting those suits must be
0: if they've never been washed. <laughs> they must have developed some sort of way of cleaning
1: them by now.
0: That's not what science should be used for. <laughs>
1: well, maybe there are broader applications. Yeah. I'll excuse this. Sure. I don't know, but yeah, no, those they must be pretty fucking disgusting. Do you... Eventually... This cult of Elvis
0: is going to be completely gone. Eventually, yes. And it's weird to think about this dying industry. Yeah. This small niche industry that's just
1: knows it's going to die out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think about that with uh whenever I see any kind of impersonator, like yeah. an Elvis impersonator, Rat Pack impersonator. There are Abin Costello impersonators, that confuses the hell out of me. <laughs> What if you're And like, I love Abbott and Costello. Like they're one of my favorite comedians ever. I do not understand the appeal of an Abbott and Costello impersonator. Uh children's parties. I guess. What I kid don't
0: know. doesn't imagine you're seven years old. You've invited <laughs> you've invited all your school chums over.
1: And a thin man and a fat man come on am, and, and, and they just start doing a bad rendition of Whose Lines in any uh yeah. no uh, Who's On First. I've never seen any or yeah. Wait, who's on first? Is avin yeah. Costello? Yeah, I always get confused with Laurel.
0: Laurel and Hardy.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's another fat guy and a thin guy. I have tried to find Laurel and Hardy funny. I consistently don't. I I just think their timing is awful. I don't think I've ever seen anything by them. I I have seen very little, but I I am not a fan. But Avin Costello, yeah, very funny.
0: If they were to reboot Abbott and Costello, oh, it God. would involve them murdering a prostitute and like having to <laughs> having to hide the body. Like in that nineties movie, I think it was very bad things. I I haven't seen that one, I don't think.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a universal enough plot that I think any movie could use it.
1: <laughs> they did actually continue the Abbott and Costello. Brand after Costello died because Costello died way before Abbott did. They had the Nazis clone him? No, they had Abbott continue doing Abbott and Costello cartoons. Okay. And they had some other voice actor come in and do a really bad impression of Costello. And they are depressing to watch. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, they're really depressing because you can hear how much older Abbott is than the voice of Costello they've chosen. Abbott just said, and Costello we're doing this and
0: okay, okay, Abbott. Wah, we're fighting King Kong. It's it's awful. It sounds awful. It's terrible. I don't think they do well against King Kong. They did
1: okay. Oh, did that? at least in this cartoon this this fake version of Abbott and Costello did okay. Okay. In in one of their actual movies, no, I don't think they would have done very well against King Kong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think they would be good against? Uh, like a
1: baby. Well, they they've already faced off <laughs> against you, you. Do you think Costello... Oh no, we don't want to <laughs> go down. This road. We don't want to go down this road. You don't want me to ask if you think would, <laughs> <laughs> No, because there's some really horrible shit that happened with babies with Ab and Costello in real life. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's some really horrible shit that happened. <laughs> we maybe don't want to go down that road. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we won't miss this sentence. It. Bristol dying, laughing at whatever he was about to say. <laughs> you fucking snowflake prick! Oh, child. <laughs> <dead>. Whatever, bitch. <laughs> what the hell movie are we talking about today? Bubba Hotel. Bubba Hotel. Hotep. Jesus Christ. Okay, so, um, Elvis gets in his rhinestone suit. Oh hey, sorry, I have another bit. Okay.
0: Um What here's where I realize like, hey, what if Kennedy just had the get out procedure done? Oh no. But uh he doesn't want to admit it. Oh or he's actually gone senile and he
1: forgot. Yeah, he so his explanation is that he was died. Yeah. But he's he had the get out procedure. That and that's why he thinks that there's something wrong with his brain. Yeah. Because got replaced. And didn't in the get out, didn't they isn't there like a flashback that shows that this started in like the fifties? I think so. Yeah.
0: So uh, I think Bradley Whitford mentioned that they've been working on the science for
1: generations. Sure, sure. So that all that all ties in. So get out is in the same universe as Bubba Hotep. Yep. Confirmed. We'll get Jordan Peel on the show. Yes. Finally cracked the code. We finally cracked the code. Exactly. Now we it's just like need f- Ready Player One. <laughs> now we just need to find out what universe us is in. Yes, and we'll 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 have the whole thing. We'll have the whole thing done. He gets in his rhinestone suit. I got a pitch for you. Okay, it's a movie
0: called Elve Us, and <laughs> and everyone shadow everyone's underground doppelganger is an Elvis impersonator.
1: Elve Us save again. Save that for the Jordan Peterson for 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 the Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Oh man. Uh, the Jordan Peele episode. All right. When we get Jordan Peele on here, we'll pitch him Elvis. Okay. Everyone in the underground bunker is Elvis. Wow. I'll scare you. I'll scare you very much. <laughs> so he puts on the rhinestone suit. They're all suit.
0: really good at karate.
1: <laughs> okay. If you had a crowd of 60 <laughs> very diverse people. Okay. And you had to choose between Elvis and... Or Doppelganger Elvis, who would you choose? Doppelganger Elvis, because he's more feral. Oh, well, that makes sense, yeah. He's more feral. Yeah. I like that. So They were setting out to kill people anyway. <laughs> That's very he's true. He's got murder on his mind. It's very true. He's got the scissors with him. Yeah. Uh, so Elvis puts on his rhinestone suit. JFK puts on a presidential type, uh, suit mm-hmm. with a red tie. He gets in his wheelchair to help him move a little bit faster. He's got wheels. And uh, and then we get a slow motion shot of Ozzy Davis in his wheelchair rolling out there and Elvis in his rhinestone suit and his walker. It's the wild bunch walk. Yep. It's just that that slow motion heading out to battle. Yep. Uh, Final confrontation thing. You have the western music blaring in the background. Uh, Pretty sure I heard Ecstasy of Gold play in my head. (laughs) Um, But they get out there. And uh, they decide to split up. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, it's a movie. Because we need to do this somehow. <laughs> we need to, yeah, we need to make it to the end of the movie somehow. So they decide to split up. And as JFK is, is rolling away, Elvis asks him, Hey, I just, I've always wanted to know, Marilyn, how was she in the sack? Because JFK famously, uh, I don't think this has ever been proven I don't know how you would prove it. But it is it is generally accepted that JFK and Marilyn had an affair. And JFK says that is classified top secret. But off the record, wow! And rolls away. So, in case anyone ever wanted to know, there there's that.
0: And now a bunch of JFK fanatics to get closure from <laughs> Bubba Hotep 2. Exactly. Because now they know that she was in this incredibly realistic simulation of what JFK would be like (laughs) were he alive today (laughs) the simulation posits that he would say Marilyn Monroe was good at sex
1: and all the Marilyn and JFK fanatics in the world are like like, thank god it's good that their fuck went well (laughs)
0: And they disappear. It's not a movie, it's a public service when you think about it. It is, yeah. All the fucking closure
1: this gave America. <laughs> so they, they split up, and uh, Elvis see, sees the mummy, encounters the mummy, but and he's trying to call uh, JFK over, but JFK has fallen asleep. Oh no. Because he's an old man and old people do that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Elvis is fighting the mummy uh, On his own for a little while Their plan is to kill the mummy with fire Yes, because fire purifies evil Fire purifies evil, as we know from Salem's Lot uh, So he, he sets Elvis is able to set the mummy on fire And it uh, at first appears to work JFK yeah. comes comes over And JFK starts rolling away to, to handle something else But the mummy gets back up Goes after JFK ...knocks him out of the wheelchair... ...the wheelchair starts rolling around... ...Elvis can't seem to get his to his walker to work right or something... ...I wasn't sure... ...so he's, he's, he's not able to get to JFK fast enough... ...so he... ...but thankfully the wheelchair... ...I'm not sure how the geography here works at it's all... ...it's very confusing... ...it's very confusing... ...but somehow the wheelchair turns around... ...and comes back towards Elvis... ...this I was guess. the intervention of God... ...yeah... ...yeah... ...seriously... ...and uh, Elvis just sets himself up in a position... ...to fall into the wheelchair turns it around, rolls back towards the mummy, rams into the mummy, covers him in in gasoline and oil and alcohol and whatever else that they brought, and uh, sets him on fire once again. And the mummy... We don't actually see get destroyed. Yeah. The mummy is set on fire, and then we hear it jump into the, the creek. Or as Elvis calls it, the crick. Uh... So the mummy might not be dead. We don't actually know. But Elvis says that he thinks that it's dead in his narration. And he's lying there dying. Oh, JFK has already died. Yes. yeah. We we skipped that part. We, we, we kind of skipped that part. But J, JF, JFK died and gave Elvis some magic words of power to say at yes. the, the mummy, which turned out to be just bad poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, but Elvis is now dying and he, he says but I, I still have my soul JFK had his and all the people up at uh, the, the rest home they have their souls and that's what's important and he looks up into the stars oh and as they were fighting the mummy the mummy spoke in hieroglyphs which were translated and the mummy had a very unsophisticated way of speaking which yes. was hilarious I love, the, I love the hieroglyphic subtitles yes it was great So he looks up into the sky, and once again the stars form into new hieroglyphics, which say "all is well." Uh, And he is that supposed to be from JFK? I don't know. Uh, Mm. I assume I assumed it was from the Egyptian pantheon, who had originally ordered this mummy to be cursed in the first place. I I do not know.
0: Know a lot about.
1: Egyptian gods. Mm-hmm. I and don't do think why. they'd give a shit. It's possible. Like, but, what, who the fuck cares? But it says, the stars form, say all is well, and Elvis says, thank you. Thank you very much. And dies. And then the credits roll. Did you cry? No. I think the first time I saw it, I was much more affected than I was the second time. That was back in college again. I do think I was emotionally affected at the time. This time, it was more like... He got to go out the way he wanted to go out, which is good. Yeah. And then you get to the end of the credits, and there is a credit that says, Elvis will return in Bubba Nasferatu, Attack of the She-Vampires, starring Sebastian Half. Oh. Yes. And apparently that was added as a joke by uh, the director when he realized that he had ended his comedy on such a downer note in editing. He was like, I need one more joke. So he put that in and there's also another thing that most people miss, but I noticed it this time, where it says people who, uh, this this is a copyrighted work, pe- any copying or, a, or of this of this work, yada yada yada, the usual legal jargon, and then it ends with, or bring upon them the wrath of Bubba Hotep. But then it ends with that gag, now that gag ended up, that sequel gag, ended up becoming so popular among the fans that Don Cirelli did actually look into making a sequel. Uh, according to him on the DVD, or on the Blu-ray, it would have opened with Elvis dead on the grass and the nurse shows up with the guy who runs the asylum, the, 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 the rest home. And the, the guy who runs the rest home would say, well, that's it. Elvis has left the building, oh. and the nurse would say, "Not on my watch," and uh, resuscitate him, and he would come back, and uh, it would tell a Paul Giamatti was going to be in it. Okay, he had agreed apparently. Uh, he was going to play Elvis's manager in a series of flashbacks. <laughs> oh, Colonel Parker? I was it. He was going to play Colonel Parker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is gonna set up Elvis' history with the vampires during his actual career and then have the present day stuff. Bruce Campbell read the script and thought it sucked. And especially that Elvis has left the building line. He thought that was horrible, but it was Don Scarelli's favorite favorite part. So he wouldn't say no to, so he wouldn't get rid of it. And Bruce Campbell's like, You know what, I like you, man. I don't wanna not be friends, but I just don't want to do this movie. Yeah. So let's just Let's just part on good terms. Maybe we'll do something in the future, maybe we won't. But like, I like you, I just don't like this. Which is more than Bruce Campbell usually gives people when he says no to things. And so eventually the movie was going to be made instead with Ron Perlman as Elvis, but eventually it, it fell apart. So instead we have, again, the prequel comic and the sequel comic in which the mummy comes back and Ash and Elvis have to team up to fight it. Of course. Yeah. And we find that, Elvis, that Ash has always been a huge fan of Elvis, as we know from the exactly zero times he comes up in the Evil Dead movies or TV show.
0: To be fair, maybe on the TV show, but in the movies it's not like there's fucking time to like... <laughs> there's no reason for him to talk about Elvis during this fucking horror show he's enduring. He's not like... I hope my fucking Elvis
1: tape is alright. <laughs> he, he starts the... The, the, the tape player's like, oh man, I meant to take out this tape and put in my Elvis collection. And like, it's really a moot point in Army of Darkness. He's <laughs> <laughs> no, teaching all the knights how to boogie with their hips.
0: Yeah. yeah. And once again, and then it becomes tradition. Yeah. And then a white person has gone, is now traveled back in
1: time. Yep. To, to start steal it. To steal it from black people once again. But yeah, so that is Bubba Hotep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's basically what it sounds like. It takes the concept a lot more seriously than you'd expect upon first hearing it. But it is a very silly movie. Uh, it is still very on the nose, as you said, about yeah. what's... Some of its themes. Some of its themes, I would argue, are a little bit more subtle. Or maybe I'm imagining them. I mean, those. you're allowed to enjoy the
0: movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it, too. I just mm-hmm. had trouble getting over those things. Sure. Uh, Ossie Davis was fantastic. Oh, He's he's always fantastic. Bruce Campbell's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Bubba Hotep, that's a decent mask. This is a good mask, yeah. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Mm -hmm. And you're definitely not going to see
1: another movie where Black JFK and Elvis team up to fight a cowboy mommy Until Jordan Peele makes that movie that makes the tie-in official. All
0: right. right. Uh, Next week, I don't think we're going... uh, Sometime soon, we're going to have... The co-host on the previous version of this podcast, Brendan Jesus, mm-hmm. on to talk about Glenn Danzig's Verotica At some point soon. But that involves us learning how to use technology. <laughs> so that's going to be a bit. So yeah. we're most likely going to talk about Ali and his gang versus Tooth Decay next week. Mm-hmm. And because that's only 36 minutes long and it's an album, like a music album or yeah. a sound album. Yeah, sound album. It's, it's a vinyl. It's a vinyl. It's it's a vinyl recording. It's a novelty album by Muhammad Ali. Yeah, that is very odd. <laughs> uh, but because it's only thirty six minutes, I'll have to
1: maybe I'll find something else to pair it up with. Sure. So in some order in the future, Verotica and Muhammad Ali and the gang versus Tooth Decay. Not necessarily in that order, no. but in some order in the future. This will happen. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.